Hello and welcome along to Destination Turkey, episode 108. And today it's with someone who's really remarkably making the Olympics this summer. It's Mark Shardlow here. Thank you for listening with another inspiring story from the Olympics and Paralympics. The Olympics, as I said today, and it's Sam Ward, a hockey player from Leicester who nearly lost an eye in a match in November 2019, less than two years ago. He was hit by a ball during a game against Malaysia and it's left him still with impaired vision, impaired vision for life. But he's worked hard, really hard, and amazingly and emotionally is on the plane to Tokyo. And I caught up with him a couple of days ago when he was collecting his kit and enjoying himself. Yeah, I think it's the best day of the year, so uh, why wouldn't you be excited? You're getting loads of free stash and you, and it kind of makes it all real and you're excited for the month ahead. So yeah, I think it kind of kicks the wheels in motion. What's the best stash you've got? I quite like the see-through jacket. That I don't really know what it's for, but it's see-through and it's quite interesting. So yeah, I think that's my favourite so far. Yeah, uh, presumably you wear something underneath it. I think it sounds like it's optional. <laughs> oh, right, OK, that's good to hear. Well, Probably. I wouldn't put anything past you. I mean, one of the joys of the last 15, 16 months, and there's been some miserable times, is actually a year ago watching you recreate all the Olympic sports in your back garden or near nearabouts. Yeah, I think uh, obviously it was, it was a tough time for everyone and anyone who knows me. I like to have a laugh. I like to do silly things, and and it just happened. A couple, I did a, I did a couple early doors which weren't Olympic sports. Um, as a bit of a joke with a few people, and then it went really well. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do all the Olympic sports. So yeah, it was it was good. And the biggest thing about it for me was putting smiles on people's faces through the tough times. Oh, I didn't realise you started without uh, doing. What was your first one then? I I think I started. It was um, Katy Perry wrecking ball, and I went on a skateboard headfirst through a load of Easter eggs. I think that's how I started and then I went on to cricket and then I went into some uh, Olympic sports. So, yeah, so that was how it all started. <laughs> what was your favourite of the, the Olympic sports, do you think? What are your memorable ones? <sighs> There's a few ones. They, they all had lots of different quirky bits, I'd say, that were my humour in them. Um, I enjoyed pretending to be coach Danny Kerry in the hockey one, was one of my favourites. I enjoyed the Rugby Sevens because the Rugby Seven boys got involved, so so that was nice as well. So I, I enjoyed them all for different reasons, but that and then uh, I think the old, um, well it was not bobsleigh, but the old luge down the stairs yeah, on the bag, down two sets enjoyable. of stairs, that was, uh, that was a favourite as well. Um, did you feel there was a momentum going with that? I mean, you started off and, and suddenly, yeah, people wanted wanted to be part of it, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things that I was doing it for a laugh and just people to enjoy and, and it was tough times and people stuck at home. And yeah, when people start to recreate them themselves and stuff, that's it's great getting people involved. And, and yeah, if you can make a few people smile, then, then, then you're doing what we're out there to do. The delay, though, of the Olympics for a year has worked in your favour, I'd say. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I think um, it, it hasn't, it hasn't. I, I don't know where I was at last year, but any extra at that time, I think if you reflect, you could have gone two ways um, when the news basically came that it was delayed a year. And, and for me, I then took it as a positive and went, you know what, this is a year to get stronger and stronger with the eye and get more and more used to it and basically try and get back to being me as much as possible on the hockey pitch. Well, I think it's remarkable you're sitting here. I was watching that Saturday afternoon when... The incident happened and um, just tell us what what damage it did to you and um, so obviously it shattered my face there was seven or eight um, 
seven or eight fractures. The worst bit was like an orbital fracture, which had sheared off at both ends, and that had basically crushed my eyeball into the inside here, into the inside of my nose, basically, and broke there as well. Um, so, but with the impact, it also torn the back of my retina, which has now left me with uh, basically uh, I've lost central vision in that eye for life. Have you really? So, how does that affect you then? Um, it's one of those things. If I just had. Um, if I just had that eye, I'd have been in a world of trouble. Um, but you have to see it as a positive. I've still got the periphery, so I still have a full uh, vision span. So that does help. Um, it's just a dead spot straight down the centre if I just had that eye. But the thing, until you've never lived it, no one will ever understand how it is. And it's, it's weird, it's, but the brain is incredibly powerful. And the way it's like just progressed and got more and more used to it and, and even just decision-making and stuff, it really has, has come on leaps and bounds. Really? So the body... Is effectively coach you how to how to to see differently. Yeah, I'd say so. I think um, it's really hard to explain. So when I cover my right eye, yes, I know I'm I'm in trouble. My brain can't see through that, obviously, because there's a dead spot and nothing to work with. But when you've got two eyes working together, they are incredible. The way the brain like sees what it wants to see. And do you do any specific eye exercises? Yeah, well, I work quite hard. I start. I work with a couple of different um, eye specialists. I start with Dr. Cheryl Calder uh, in South Africa. We did a lot of app-based stuff, and then since then, I've done a, a, a lot of work with a gentleman called Nick Dash. More practical stuff, and like um, it's like a big box, and you're making decision-making stuff, and you've got to remember which ones you're meant to be following. But there's numerous, and it's just basically lots of neural decision-making, and it just helps retrain the brain. So both were excellent uh, for different reasons. And you keep doing that? Yeah, so um, I, I'll be honest, I've drifted away from it recently because we're just playing so much hockey and training so much. And I also do a lot of catching and stuff just to watch balls and kind of focus the eyes in. So that's kind of something else you can kind of do. Um, but yeah, like when we went to Malaysia and we had a seven-day full quarantine and you couldn't leave the room and I couldn't play hockey, that's seven days where I actually logged back in and, and did it day in, day out a few times to just try and keep like the eye in, so to speak. Has any of this sharpened you as a player? I think it's an interesting one. I think um, I actually would say I've been playing the best best hockey in my life recently. I think uh, overall games improved. Um, I think yeah, one decision making because of all the eye training things like that and having to clock and pick things up quicker. I do think that I'm more aware of things going on because I know that I've got a slight deficiency, so therefore I need to be more aware of what's going on. So I do think that area of things have have, have improved. So we know you're you're the Joker. But what about emotions? Do, do you wear your heart on your sleeve? Did you have an emotional response when you got the email to say you were off to Tokyo? Yeah, I, I cried my eyes out, as you would. I went downstairs, uh, I gave, gave my girlfriend a hug, I, I gave Ash Jackson a good mate of mine a hug, and, uh, and I went back upstairs and I rang my dad, and it was somewhat incredible because the last time I rang my dad and he cried was when I lost my eye, and I told him I'd lost my sight for life. and then it was like an identical emotion and the same when I rang my mum as well that both of them is you rang and they cried and it was just exactly the same kind of scene as when I told them I lost my vision so it was pretty emotional and yeah it was just amazing and what does it mean to you I think for me from from day dot when it all happened is I've got to work hard but I had to set my goals not too high obviously deep down I wanted to go to the Olympics but we we had to take each day as it came and kind of it was part of a journey um, and I think the biggest thing for that is there's so many people that have done so much for me in the last few years that actually now being able to go out get, get selected for Olympic Games kind of repays them for all their hard work and proves that just it kind of shows them how much they mean to me and that's how I see it. 
When did you think and when did you first want to be an Olympian? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I reckon from early, early stages of life, really. Um, what, probably five or six, like, watched the Olympic Games, I think, when I was six was the first Olympic Games. Um, and I think I was saying the other day that I think, it, I, I want to say it was at 96, so was it Atlanta? No. 96 Atlanta, 2000 Sydney, maybe? Yes, yeah, so, no, it was 96. Okay. And I know because the time difference was... Thing. And uh, GB played Pakistan in the group and I got up in the night with Dad and watched it. That's kind of my first memory, nice. I think, of it. And, yeah... Um, yeah, so it's either 96 or 2000, and yeah, we, we got up and watched it. I think GBA actually got, got beat heavily that night. Um, but yeah, from ever that day I wanted to be, but obviously never played junior international and thought it wasn't really going to be something that was on my radar. And when did you first realise that, that it was within touching distance, do you think? Probably not until I was put in the programme in 2014, and then it was still, you were like, wow, this is a big step up in the game. It's uh, a different game to club hockey, I was banging goals in there, but actually now then I'd got to go to the international scene I wasn't fit enough at the time I had to work very hard on getting fit and getting in shape and yeah I basically spent a lot of time doing that and then it was probably only about six months out from Rio where I kind of got given a I, I'd, I'd really developed and worked hard and I was I was hopefully gonna I wasn't far off and it was whether I get picked or not for that yeah um, so what of the squad where do you think you're at well, obviously, we've just come back from the Europeans as England and, and we're only strengthening with a couple of couple of Welsh in there. Um, so, yeah, I think we're at a good place. Um, I'm very excited for it, especially after how we've just done the Europeans. Obviously, we, we beat uh, Belgium, the world champions in the group. So it's just showing that all the hard work we've done is really narrowing those gaps. And, and that's the biggest thing. And actually, you're like, you know what, we're, we're closer and closer. And, and I think we are we're in with a shout. And you're from a city where I think it's been shown over the last two, three years that actually uh, a team ethic, uh, teamwork can lead to incredible results, whether it's winning the league or winning the FA Cup. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm a massive Leicester fan and I think they inspired a lot of people in 2015, 2016 and now, yeah, I'd love to go and do the same. Yeah, it was a joyous FA Cup final actually. It was the one I enjoyed most. Of recent years, you weren't there, I guess. No, no, no. I, I, I it was only the first time fans were allowed in, and uh, yeah, probably I got a lot of trips around then, so probably shouldn't have been going to a stadium. So, yeah, yeah just uh, keeping myself safe. Um, I stayed at home and watched it, and it was yeah, amazing. Well, look, great that you you're on the plane, that you you're over there. What a great story, and uh, let's hope you have a great games too. Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's Sam Ward. GB Hockey, and you should follow him on social media. Look back at his representation of Olympic sports about this time last year. They are absolute genius. And he's also got a clothing company called Blind Spot, but that's blind without the eye. And there's some pretty cool stuff on there too. And that's been developed over the last couple of years. That's it for today with another great story from the Olympics and Paralympics. Hope you're enjoying this series. We've been going for six months. Uh, part of the reason for doing this is to tell the story of Olympians and Paralympians and the other bit is to raise awareness and some money for Maggie's Cancer Centres which have been helping my family over the last year. If you'd like to make a small donation by way of a tip, just a couple of pounds or so, then you can find it on um, Facebook but also on the justgiving.com site and search Destination Tokyo and I'll also drop the details in the show notes. And thank you so much to all those of you who've made donations on the many different platforms. Really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening today. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for the lovely messages and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye.